When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bill O'Brien headed to Boston. Chip Kelly headed to Columbus. Ohio State has hired Chip Kelly. Um, Andy, we talked about this as a possibility when we did the rapid reaction for Bill O'Brien leaving Ohio State. Um, And then, what, within an hour or two, Chip Kelly was named the offensive coordinator of Ohio State. It's not official yet from Ohio State, but it is uh, by all accounts. Um, and most accounts official for everyone that's not Ohio State. I'm sure paperwork's being filed. But the head coach at UCLA is going to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State in just a wild day. Um, What are you feeling, Andy? We talked about this a lot. I mean, there's not much else that we need to go over because we already did in the first video when Bill O'Brien left. But what are you feeling right now? Well, what does this say about college football and the landscape right now? Someone taking a – Power five offensive coordinator job when they had a power five head coaching job. Obviously, there's more layers to that. Look, it was not working out at UCLA. Yes, Chip Kelly finished with three straight winning seasons at UCLA. Yes, there were some high moments. They were up to number nine in the AP poll in the 2022 season. But there was clearly a disconnect there between Chip Kelly, the administration, the way the sport is going, the comments Chip Kelly has made publicly about the way he feels about the sport and the way that it's changed, it's very clear he wants less of a role in that kind of CEO-type opportunity that Ryan Day is seizing now, and he wants more to be coaching and calling plays. And just as Ryan Day is backing away from play calling, well, Chip Kelly wants to get back into that and have that as focus. So this works out pretty well. And, of course, there's the connections that Ryan Day and Chip Kelly have that go back years and years and years before Ryan Day was even at UNH. And then he gets to UNH, and he's playing quarterback, for Chip Kelly, who's his offensive coordinator. And then Ryan Day ends up starting his coaching career under Chip Kelly as a tight ends coach at UNH. And then he ends up, you know, reuniting with Chip Kelly in the NFL as a quarterback's coach for Chip Kelly, first with the Philadelphia Eagles and then with San Francisco 49ers. So, so much history there, so much trust there. That was the thing we hammered home on in our video this morning, that trust was so important for this role because Ryan Day wasn't going to give a play calling up to anyone. It was going to be someone that he trusted. Yeah, Nobody Ryan Day could possibly trust in the coaching profession more than um, his head coach from college football, the man who gave him his start in the coaching profession, um, the man who took him to the NFL with him, uh, with the 49ers and the Eagles, and and spent a lot of time with Ryan Day's family. Um, the connection runs deep here. I don't think that's the reason Ryan Day hired Chip Kelly. I think the reason Ryan Day hired Chip Kelly is because he has an, been an offensive innovator at every step. He was first running – um, a glorified triple option in the spread with Oregon when no one else was doing that and running the up-tempo. He decided to completely change course. From my understanding of, of talking to some people about Chip Kelly over the years, um, he's a studier of the triple option. He's obsessed with the triple option. He loves the triple option. Even hired Ken Niamatoilolo when he got fired at Navy um, to be on his UCLA staff because he liked learning about the triple option so much. He, he completely morphed from uh, – option spread uh fastest show on turf to power run zach charbonnet is going to run it 40 times a game and we're gonna we're gonna win um that's 
that's kind of Chip Kelly. He's an offensive innovator at every step. That's why Ryan Day made this hire. It just happens that one of the best offensive innovators of the 21st century um, happens to want out of his job at UCLA, happens to want to be a, a coordinator instead of a head coach, and happens to know Ryan Day. So that's how, uh, I guess, the cookie crumbles here. Is it wrong of me, Andy? And I, I think the, the live stream is a good place to talk about this, and, and we can kind of go from here. Is it wrong to think of this as maybe even like a little bit of a an upgrade from Bill O'Brien and the way that this offense could run because of the uh, the personnel on hand for Ohio State, because of the way Chip Kelly and Justin Fry were able to concoct a running game together, because of the way Ryan Day can still do passing concepts with Brian Hartline? Like, I feel like the brain trust here sets up pretty well. Uh, do you think this is an upgrade? Because uh, because I kind of do. Yeah, I do think it's an upgrade, and I think that both parties are winning in this situation. Boston College wins. They get a high-profile head coach in Bill O'Brien, and I think Ohio State wins because it gets everything that was on that checklist that we talked about. NFL head coaching experience, college head coaching experience, play-calling experience at both levels. It is everything that they had in Bill O'Brien, but now you have even more history with Ryan Day and Chip Kelly, and and that's all you would really want from this. I mean – I was looking back at the quotes that Ryan Day had. He said he's going to take a tremendous background for someone to have, you know, this ability to call plays at Ohio State. And it's unique, that person. And unique is usually one of a kind. But there's two of a kind here. And I agree. that I do think it's an upgrade, one, just because of the history and the trust that Ryan Day has with, with Chip Kelly. And two, because you hit on it, a weakness for this offense. Last year, this rushing offense w- was not very good. And at times that it was good was because Trayvon Henderson is a freak athlete and made things out of nothing. And they need to have more consistency in the run game. They need more balance as an offense. That's the reason why the Cotton Bowl was as bad as it was. When they had five offensive linemen in, they averaged two yards per carry. Their best runs were when they had an extra lineman in their bison package with six linemen. That's when they actually ran for yards. They need improvement and consistency with the run game. They can't just rely on the home run ability of Quinshawn Judkins and Trayvon Trayvon Henderson. And now they have the ability to concoct a a better run game with with Justin Fry and with Chip Kelly as as kind of the mastermind behind that because they need a more balanced offense for success. And now they have a running a quarterback who can run as well, you know, a dual threat and Will Howard. So there's a lot of options there that Chip Kelly can play with. And I think that has to be exciting for Ohio State fans. One of the things that I loved about Justin Fry when Ryan Day made the hire of Justin Fry to be the offensive line coach was that he developed maulers on the offensive line under Chip Kelly's rushing attack. Well, now you've got the best of both worlds because you've got Ryan Day leading the show. You've got Chip Kelly calling the plays and Chip Kelly's offensive line coach that helped him orchestrate that running game with Zach Charbonnet in 2021 that was so good, all in the same room. And I think this coaching staff now sets up perfectly. Chip Kelly, Justin Fry, Tony Alford, figure out the run game. Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, Todd Fitch, uh, Keenan Bailey, let's figure out the passing game. Justin Fry, you got to get that offensive line good. Chip Kelly loves offensive line play. He can help with that as well. Mike Selenik. There's a lot of guys in that room. And I think this this coaching staff now breaks down perfectly from a offensive uh, perspective like it, it I don't know if it gets much better than this like this is if Ryan Day could probably put together a, a staff of of guys that he would really really want uh, you know in a room to talk ball to talk offense with and to f- figure out how to best utilize these weapons run this offense with Will Howard might might look like a lot like this because this is uh this should have Ohio State fans in my opinion very 
very excited. And the comments reflect that. Like, like some people uh, seem to be excited about this. This is a good question. Why didn't he hire Chip first? Um, I think the more we've gotten into this coaching cycle, if I'm being completely honest, the more it looks like Chip Kelly just wanted out. And I think the desire to get out uh, has been raised with each step. Um, it's kind of a little, um, not, I wouldn't call it like a love triangle, but it's a little odd triangle we've got here, right? So Martin Jarman is the former athletic director at Boston College. And he's now the athletic director of, at UCLA. He does not work very well with Chip Kelly, and Chip Kelly doesn't really work well with Martin Jarman. So Chip Kelly wanted out. So Chip Kelly goes to Ohio State. So there's two sides of this triangle. Well, why did Chip Kelly go to Ohio State? Well, because Bill O'Brien went to Boston College where Martin Jarman was. And so we've got this weird little triangle of domino effects of, you know, people moving around. Um, it's just, it's crazy how this all works. But the bottom line is, I think the more that this cycle went on, Chip Kelly realized that he was not going to be long for Westwood. And when the opening then came up that Bill O'Brien could possibly leave after that hire was already made by Ryan Day, I think that the phone call was made again. And this time it might've been easier for Chip Kelly to leave UCLA. Um, and I just think that that's how this works. You know, Chip, we talked maybe a little bit about Chip Kelly the first time around, but not like extensively um, as like a, a realistic candidate. He's the sitting head coach at a power five program. You don't see this. And so I think that it's just, it's, there's a lot of factors at play here that led to this move being able to even come close to happening, let alone actually um, happening the way that it has. Well, I think a big part of the equation too, is that Chip Kelly ultimately wants to get back to the NFL and the NFL had coaching cycle and the coordinator cycle was going on as well at that time back on January 19th. And I think the impression I got was that, Hey, if Chip Kelly is finding his way out of UCLA, he's going to the NFL to be an offensive coordinator. And that just didn't work out for him. And up until literally today, there was interest for him in the Seattle Seahawks, potentially becoming their offensive coordinator. You get the sense that maybe those talks weren't going the way he wanted them. Maybe he figured, I'm not getting that job. I need to get out of here some way. What's a good place to go? Okay, Ohio State, I can be with Ryan Day. I can have an offense that's super successful, maybe win a national championship. And then in one and two years, go to the NFL and get to where I want to anyway. Me, I just need to wait another year or two. So I think that's part of it too. The NFL timeline is definitely a factor there. And when Bill O'Brien was hired at Ohio State, those NFL hires were still happening. I think Chip Kelly still wanted his ears open to saying, you know, hey, maybe I'm going to be approached by an NFL team that intrigues me. I'll jump off there for them rather than, you know, going to an Ohio State. Whereas now those options are starting to close up. And it seemed like the last one was the Seahawks opportunity. I think if he had gotten that, he would have taken that. It's probably a clear sign that he wasn't going to be getting that. And so he takes the Ohio State opportunity. Yeah, it's and and again, Ryan Day building a staff that maybe reflects the way Ryan Day wants to handle business this year. Chip Kelly is a run heavy guy. Justin Fry is going to, you know, working to get that offensive line in shape for Chip Kelly to be a run heavy guy. Quinchon Judkins added to Travion Henderson and Will Howard brought in, uh, you know, Will Howard talks about his arm. I, I don't uh, I don't discount that he has a good arm, but he's a very talented runner. Um, a lot of the things that Ohio State has done this offseason, Seth McLaughlin kind of a, a mauler on the inside, um, you know, when it comes to run blocking, a lot of the things they're doing right now lead you to believe that they're maybe ticking a little toward the run game. Um, Bill O'Brien was uh, probably 
leaning that way because of his experience with some of the backs that he's used before. But Chip Kelly definitely is. And I think this signals where this offense is heading, Andy, um, into 2024. Uh, we can kind of start to to see how Ohio State might try to handle its business, uh, the 2024 edition of this roster at least. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to see like a Heisman-type candidate at quarterback that's throwing for – 4,000 plus yards. Like even if Will Howard ends up being a Heisman candidate, I think it's going to be because he's a dual threat, you know, and Mm -hmm. the running backs they have, when you have two NFL running backs, that's who they are. Quinshawn Judkins and Travion Henderson, you got to use them. And yeah, it's good to have the depth and that you're going to need that potential 16 or even 17 game season, which we haven't seen in college football before, but you're going to need them on the field, sometimes together, sometimes alternating, but they're going to need to be a huge part of this offense. And I think that right now, Chip Kelly's probably licking his chops, being like, that's, hey, give it to me. How many times at Oregon do we see multiple backs either used at once, one as a receiver, one as a running back, uh, either used in reverses, end arounds, jet sweeps, every kind of formation you could think of. And I know he's moved away from that, but even at UCLA, he used multiple backs. You know, you mentioned Zach Charbonnet, Britton Brown was also in that mix for a while. Joshua Kelly was there before that. He's had a history of working with running backs, productive running backs. I think you're going to add Quinshawn Judkins and Trayvon Henderson to that list pretty soon. And for Ryan Day, I hope for him, I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan, you have to be thinking, okay, it's good to run the ball, but you don't want to be at a point where you're just banging your head against the wall because I feel like that's where this run game has been the last couple of seasons. It has to be a fluid run game. It has to be a unforced run game. And I think that with Chip Kelly, he has brought that to multiple different spots in his career now. And you're hoping that it's a little bit more balanced, yes, but also a little bit more fluid. And I think that's kind of the goal here with someone like Chip Kelly. Yeah, I think the term diversity is what you're really looking for in the run game. And Chip Kelly absolutely brings that. I think the marriage between – I thought – and I wrote about this at LettermanRow.com when it happened. When Justin Fry was hired, I thought the marriage of Justin Fry and his run concepts that were actually Chip Kelly's run concepts – and I'm not taking anything away from Justin Fry. He helped orchestrate that run game. But – Justin Fry and Chip Kelly's run concepts, I thought you marry those with Brian Day and Brian Hartline on the passing side and you were going to be something special. Now I think that can be realized. And, you know, Ed, the same guy that, that we've already put on here, Ed Rogers, says we're still a passing team. I completely agree. You've got the, the, one of the best wide receivers in the country in Emeka Ibuka. Carnote is a rising star in the college football landscape. Jeremiah Smith has three years here to be a superstar. And I think he will be. Ohio State's not going to go away from passing the football. That's not what we're what we're saying here. What we're saying is, you know, Ryan Day said it best. You and the the stats of the last, I think, 26 meetings between Ohio State and Michigan say it best. If you do not run the football well against Michigan, you will lose. The last three years, Ohio State has not ran the ball well against Michigan. They have lost. And so Chip Kelly brings a diversity to the run game that we simply have not seen. What Ohio State fans, and, and you know, I'm not trying to, to preach to Ohio State fans. Ohio State fans have not seen a run game like this unless they studied UCLA. Because, like, it is diverse. It is fun. It is um, really hard for defenses to prepare for. Um, and it makes me very excited to be able to watch Travion Henderson and Quinchon Judkins and even a guy like Emeka Buka or Brandon Innes from the slot in this run game because of how 
just different it is from what we're used to seeing under Ryan Day at Ohio State. And put all of these things together, you were talking about an offensive staff that uh, is on a mission to do one thing, and that's beat Michigan. And then the next thing is going to be to get to the college ball playoff and then win the national championship. And I think this is a staff now with Chip Kelly, and I thought it was a staff with Bill O'Brien. I'm not here to bash the Bill O'Brien hire at all, but I think this is a staff with Chip Kelly now that can absolutely accomplish anything they want to accomplish this year. Yeah, I think I think both guys could have gotten it done. Uh, I think that it's just a little bit different flavor now with Chip Kelly. And and I think that, yeah, I, I ultimately do agree it's an upgrade. But I, I do think that both hires were, were very successful for this staff. I mean, I, I think it's impressive just the quick turnaround they've had. And they really found two candidates with, with similar profiles, which is always hard to do. The other thing, too, to respond to that comment is, yeah, they are a passing team. But ideally, you do both very well at Ohio State. I mean, their goal is to have 500 yards of offense, maybe even more. You want to throw for 300 and run for 200 a game. I mean, that's kind of the goal. Ryan Day has said that. That's what they want to do. Look at 2019 season. J.K. Jobbins runs for 2,000 yards, and Justin Fields throws for 41 touchdowns. Like, I mean, that's the kind of offense that Ohio State wants. It's to be able to be explosive in both areas. And it's not that they're not going to pass the ball anymore. I'm just saying that this rushing offense – really the last couple of years, it's just been not as consistent enough. There's been games where it's been there. And even times last season, as as troubling as the offensive line was, there were games where you're like, okay, it's coming together. There were even drives. I mean, the Michigan drive, right? Eight straight runs, touchdown, where it looked great. But you need consistency. And I think that's where you're looking at this offense. How can they be better? Well, running the ball more consistently is a huge part of that. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. To close this out, Andy, Ryan Day, play caller extraordinaire the last few years, has been calling the Ohio State offense, I believe, for seven years, and decides this year he's going to be a CEO. And I think to complete the full circle of going from play caller to CEO is to hire the guy who taught him how to be a play caller to be his play caller so he can be a CEO. Does that make like too much sense? Have we like broken the uh, the space time continuum here? Is time just a flat circle? Um, it feels almost like I'm not gonna say too good to be true because I think this is a home run hire in every sense of the word. I really do. But like, does this make too much sense? Like, it, it seems like this is the final evolution of like Ryan Day truly understanding what it takes to win a national championship in college football, be that CEO, be the voice of the program, not just the offense, like hiring Chip Kelly signals the same thing as signaling with Bill O'Brien, but it almost comes a little bit more full circle with Ryan day handing the play sheet now to who of all people, but Chip Kelly. Yeah. It's almost like things really just aligned for Boston college here with the addition of Bill O'Brien and things really aligned for Ohio state in a way. I mean, it's maybe one of those situations where both parties got better for it. Um, I mean, we'll see, right. We'll see how it goes. What were you going to say? I would add a third thing. I think everything has worked out well for Boston college, for Ohio state and for UCLA. Like (laughs) everyone in this, everyone in this wins. Boston college has just tweeted Bill O'Brien's entire resume as if they're the Wikipedia page on a graphic. Um, Yeah. Like, they are excited. Ohio State, obviously very excited to hire Chip Kelly. And Barton Jarman, there's not a person in that Los Angeles right now more excited. There might not be a person on the West Coast, on the Pacific Ocean, on the Pacific Rim right now more excited 
than Martin Jarman is. He gets to make his football hire at UCLA that he's wanted to make. It's like everyone wins. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's, no, it's you're like right. all three you're parties right. win. It's a uh, it's like a three team deal in the NBA. Everyone wins. You know, it's it's just one of those one of those days. It all happened in one day. And I think that if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to feel you know the highs and the lows, right? A little bit of a low this morning with the news coming out that was look we all kind of felt like it was coming. The reports have been coming out all week, but it happens. And then the question was, how quickly was Ohio State going to respond? And man, just like that, Chip Kelly's hired, and clearly that was being worked on throughout the week. I'm sure Bill O'Brien gave. Ryan Day heads up that he was going to take the job if offered. Ryan Day probably put some things into motion. And O'Brien takes the job. Next thing you know, Chip Kelly's told UCLA he's he's taking another job, and that's the Ohio State offense coordinator job. It's it's a really crazy world in college sports right now. Um, I, I think that overall, though, it's going to be super cool to see Ryan Day and Chip Kelly work together. We've heard so much about their relationship in the NFL before that at UNH. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that progresses uh, on the field at Ohio State. Like, how does that look in a game atmosphere? Um, is he giving him full authority with play calling? Obviously, we assume yes. What does that look like on fourth down situations? Is it a 50-50? Does Ryan Day, you know, have, you know, you assume he still has final say in those kinds of situations. But clearly there's a outstanding amount of respect there. So I'm just really curious to see how that dynamic goes. I mean, it's like literally the mentee becoming the mentor in real life. Like that's that's the situation here. And in my time covering sports, I haven't necessarily seen that before. So I'm curious to see how that works from a power dynamic. Um, I said before we get out of here, but now I've got more things that I'd like to discuss. Um, and there's a lot of people on the stream who probably would, I would think like to hear it. So let's talk about it. Andy, uh, December 29th, um, I wrote a column for lettermanrow.com um, just about Ryan Day and having to make like some really hard decisions about his coaching staff um, after the Cotton Bowl. And one of that was one of those was obviously Corey Dennis, a quarterbacks coach. One of those was Parker Fleming, a special teams coordinator. There still is an open spot on this on this coaching staff, but the moves that Ryan Day has made this offseason, um, where do you think this? I don't know. We're not going to rank all of them, but happy birthday, John Johnson turned uh, 57 on December 29th. I'm sorry that Ohio State gave wow. you such a terrible birthday present, um, but you're here to celebrate with Letterman Row a couple months later. Uh, but like the bottom line is like, we don't have to rank these moves, but like in a, in layman's terms, where does this rank on the off season of Ohio State almost like pulling off the coup and getting Chip Kelly? Mm -hmm. First of all, happy birthday, John. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's got to rank – the returners rank number one in this offseason for me. The 11 guys coming back. Ryan Day said on Wednesday, that's the real story. I agree with that. Everyone in the national media was not expecting Ohio State to do that. Even in the local media here, we thought, you know, they'll get eight guys back, maybe nine. You know, who knows? But for Emeka, Buka, you know, JT, Jack, all of those guys to come back, really just besides Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mike Hall Jr. Uh, those were pretty much the only ones to go. And I think that's still number one for me, but this has got to be number two uh, because if you're looking at the staff changes, this is the big one. I mean, we didn't even know if he was going to hire an OC. Um, that was the expectation that he would, given the way last season went, but he did it. And then having it be Bill O'Brien was a big story in itself. 
Losing Bill O'Brien is another big story in itself. And the third one, of course, is now hiring Chip Kelly. That is such a layered story of why he's doing it and giving up play calling. The shift that you wrote about in terms of his philosophy and his kind of demeanor as a coach and knowing, like, I need to do a different kind of head coaching job than when I first took it. All of that makes it number two for me. But I don't think anything can take over the fact that the culture of this team, which is shown in those 11 guys coming back, that's the basis of this whole thing. I mean, that's why this is an appealing offensive coordinator position. That's why they got the six transfers they got. Everyone saw that from the outside. That's the first domino that fell in this entire process. That factored into Bill O'Brien coming here in the first place. So none of this would have been possible without those 11 guys coming back. And that's why that's still number one for me. But this is number two. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that we don't even rank Caleb Downs' addition over this because, like, I – I think this is huge. I think this changes everything. Um, obviously, uh, the reason that I say that is because if Ohio State didn't get those transfers, returned all the guys that they returned, still didn't even get Quinchon Judkins, but added Chip Kelly as the offensive coordinator, um, this is not a slight on Corey Dennis at all, but it's it, it obviously sounds like one. Like Ohio State replaced Corey Dennis, who had only ever worked at Ohio State, with Chip Kelly, the head coach at UCLA. Like there's no world in which that is, you know, not a value add for the program. Um, and then you talk about all the transfers that they also got and the momentum that's been created um, just in the last month and change. Um, it's been quite the off season uh, for Ohio State so far, and I think it got much better today. We're kind of talking in circles here, Andy. But if you have any closing thoughts, what? Just yeah, well, kind of thoughts. I mean, by the way, Chip Kelly was coaching in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You literally poached a head coach from your own conference to be your offensive coordinator. And by the way, that head coach has NFL head coaching experience and NFL play calling experience. And I know Chip Kelly is not going to be doing much recruiting, I'd imagine. I mean, he's seemingly wanting to get away from that. But just the fact that he's there for as long as he's there will be appealing to recruits. I mean, there's probably not much staying power there, but the fact that Ryan Day can make a hire like that has power. And the fact that people take notice of that has power in the recruiting world. And, you know, maybe this is a pipeline of sorts. You know, there's not that many Bill O'Briens and Chip Kellys, but maybe the way the sport's going. I mean, we've seen the Alabama staff that Kalen DeVore's put together. We've seen other head coaches taking coordinator positions. Maybe this is a stepping stone position at Ohio State where you can get big time uh, head coaches, maybe not from the power four or power five formerly, but from like we talked about earlier today, like from the Mac or other, you know, fringe programs that are deserving of that opportunity. So maybe it could help recruiting in, in a certain way um, more the fact that, Hey, Ryan day can get this kind of talent to hire um, than the staying power of Chip Kelly. Yeah. Two of the people we talked about uh, before we, learned that Chip Kelly was going to be the guy. And obviously, again, we talked about Chip Kelly uh, on our morning show this morning when Bill O'Brien left for Boston College. We did talk about Chip Kelly pretty extensively. So go check that out as like a precursor to this show. But we talked about Jason Candle being the head coach at Toledo and, and being, you know, the, the new logical stepping stone is not head coach at Toledo to head coach at Michigan State. The new logical stepping stone is head coach at Toledo, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator at one of the SEC or Big Ten, and then you become a head coach because coaches aren't just getting handed, you know, the coach at Toledo makes $600,000 a year. He's not just going to get handed $8 million now. You can't just do that anymore if you're the Big Ten or the SEC. Um, the other one 
was Joe Moorhead, who's the head coach at Akron. We talked about Brian Johnson, who's you know out of a job right now after being the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. We talked a little bit even about you know a guy like Dan Mullen, who's who's holding a, a microphone right now for ESPN, and he does a really good job there. But he's also pretty good with the uh, play sheet in his hand, not just a microphone. So you know we talked about all of these names uh, because even as it was unfolding, you're kind of scratching your head like, are they actually going to take a Big Ten head coach? And yeah. now the the weird thing though, Andy, is now UCLA may take another Big Ten head coach because the hot name for the UCLA opening all of a sudden is PJ Fleck, and he might have to row the boat all the way from <laughs> Minnesota to Westwood. Uh, yeah. And so that's just a that's a long trip. But well, it's- the la- your last thing, sorry to cut you off, but the last thing is just now there's more transfer windows opening up. And so the UCLA window is open now. And, you know, of course, there's going to be like, I guess Ohio State will come on the roster there and see if there's anyone that they would be interested in. And and then if P.J. Flack goes to UCLA, the Minnesota transfer window will be open. It's just we're in February. What is this, February 9th? And this is still going. The portal is still alive. Um, now, of course, everyone else can't enter. But if your coach has left, you got 30 days to enter. And some of those clocks are still going. Michigan, Alabama, which I it just doesn't even make sense with a class. Like, how do you even do that? Um, I don't even know if the college football world's figured that out yet because add drop periods end and it's a whole nother conversation. But we're going off the cuff here, just stream of consciousness. But yeah, that's another ramification right now that the portal is open for UCLA and that's more options for more players there. Andy, uh, now that you mention it, we have to, I guess we just have to keep going. There's a there's a position coach at Ohio State who recruited quite a few at a certain position to UCLA before coming to Ohio State, left his former head coach, who then coached those players at that position at UCLA. And then now the transfer portal window is open for UCLA, and Ohio State has a coach with connections to a certain position of need at UCLA. I'm not saying that like Ohio State's going to go raid the UCLA offensive line, but if UCLA did something well the last few years, it's develop offensive linemen. And now that Chip Kelly's gone, Ohio State has two pl- people who recruited some of this UCLA offensive line. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, everybody talks about hot names from Boston College of who could go in the transfer portal, even though guys aren't even in the transfer portal. We just the second guys go in the portal, we just automatically, you know, or a sec- the second a coach gets fired, we just automatically throw their best players into the portal. Um, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you start to hear some rumblings of UCLA players looking into the portal, Ohio state's going to be an option. And I'm not saying that like Ohio state's going to want those guys, but I don't think that Ohio state would turn down the opportunity to kick the tires on them. And so it's just another layer of all of this that we now have to talk about, because like you said, the portal is open for 30 days, these UCLA guys, but more than likely the portal is more so open after spring ball, because it's really hard. Like you said, academically. Yeah to get in because, you know, I, I know that everybody kind of uh, poo-poos it, but they still are um, student athletes. Right. Yeah. No, they got to do class. So yeah, I, I agree with you though. The spring's probably the, the window we got to target uh, for any of that stuff, which is in April. So um, that's going to come around, but it's crazy. It's crazy. And also the scholarship counseling to factor in, I don't know how much more wiggle room Ohio state really has to add. I would think maybe they have one or two players they could maybe add. They added seven last year. They've added six so far this year. They're hovering around that 85 mark. 
Um, they can always find a way to make it work, but it's not like they've got all the, the room in the world. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch, but there are so many ramifications when any move like happens, like this happens now. It, it is not just one school getting affected. We talked about the three in play here, but it is so many schools that get affected because of, you know, whoever's hired, if it's PJ Fleck, he's going to hire a staff and then that's going to lead to other coaches on their staffs being poached and, it's just a never-ending process now. And it's crazy to me that this is February. You you see this happen in January. It's it's rare to see this all this happening in February at multiple different schools. Ohio State is, by the way, at 85 right now. They're 85. I do believe Ohio State will try to add a punter uh, in the spring transfer portal window, whether that is scholarship or non-scholarship. Um, I do believe – Ohio State will at least look in the transfer portal for offensive linemen, uh, but I also believe that Ohio State may lose one or two after the spring window just by natural attrition. Yeah. So there's a little bit of wiggle room, but we're not talking about a lot of wiggle room. Uh, where Ohio State did have wiggle room was on its coaching staff. Uh, the Buckeyes had an opening. They still have one opening, and we'll break that down when it comes, whether that's a special teams coordinator, whether that's James Laurinaitis as the linebackers coach. The Buckeyes, crazy, wacky, wild offseason, still not anywhere close to over. Um, it's actually just beginning, and that's why I want you all to go to LettermanRow.com right now. Get your first month for $1. You can get your first month of Letterman Row for $1. Letterman Lounge message board. We talked about Chip Kelly before we put it anywhere else uh, in the on the internet. Um, we talked about Chip Kelly being the potential um, replacement for Bill O'Brien, uh, and you would have had it there first. Had you been a Letterman Row subscriber, go be a Letterman Row subscriber right now. $1 for your first month. We'll see you guys over there at LettermanRoad.com. For Andy Baxter on the other side of that screen, I'm just Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening as Chip Kelly becomes the new Ohio State offensive coordinator. We'll see you guys over at LettermanRoad.com.